right, hello, Fritzbergen, bloodandfaith.com. It's Veterans Day 2023. Listen to a good podcast by the Z-Man called Christian Eth Ethno Ethno-Nationalism. And as you know here at bloodandfaith.com, I am an advocate of the nations, and I'm an advocate of a, a, a monarchy under Jesus Christ. So in many ways, you can say I'm absolutely an advocate of Christian ethno-nationalism. And the Z-Man, he, he, he took the Christian justification for this is as preserving God's property. And he did a good job. It was a good, good podcast. I recommend you listen to it. He has a lot of good stuff out there. Uh, I don't listen to him all the time, but but I do recommend him, as I do many other podcasts, even with people that I disagree with. And he says it is a race, essentially, and ethnicity is God's property. And as God's property, we have a duty to preserve God's property. So, for example, the race of, I don't know, call it the Vietnamese. And as Vietnamese, they have a duty and obligation to protect the property of God as they are a creation of God. And it is in their interest to exclude people from their society who would damage their society and who are different from their society and who uh, would make that society less Vietnamese, shall we say. And of course, this extends to any other society. You look at the modern-day Israelis. Now, now, my opinion on the use of that name is that they are uh, identity thieves, but setting that aside, they have a very clear ethno-nationalistic sense. Now, they're divided between more of the secularists and, and, and those of the uh, Talmudic peoples. Nevertheless, that is an ethno-national state. The Japanese are the same way. Japanese say, hey, we love ourselves, we love our people, we love our island, we love our language, we love our culture, we love our society. We don't want Koreans here. We don't want any Koreans here. That would be damaging to us. From a Christian perspective, what the Z-Man is arguing is that they have a duty to God to preserve the Japanese-ness of Japan. That God created the Japanese uniquely as Japanese. And for them to uh, sponsor the mass migration of whoever wants to mass migrate would directly violate their duty to preserve the ethno state of Japan, the Japanese ethnicity, the Japanese race, and is fundamentally damaging to a creation of God. And you can take that for, for I mean, the idea of in Native American Indian reservations is that they would have their own land that ethnicity, that nation, and when you talk about Native American Indian reservations, they talk about their nation. It's the Kootenai Nation. It's the uh, uh, Squamish Nation. It's the Yakima Nation. Uh, it's the, uh, the nation of the Blackfoot. And they have their own contiguous geographic area in which they can preserve their ways, their culture, their language, their traditions, themselves as a nation, instead of being dispersed amongst whomever else is out there. That's their own place. American Indian reservations are fundamentally based on a right of an ethnicity to have their own place, have their own language, their own geographic territory, their own boundaries. And what the Z-Man was saying is this, is this is a natural extension of the idea that we are God's creation, we are God's pr property, 
He created us different and he wants it to stay that way. My take is something different. And that's without disagreeing with his email. I don't disagree with his email. My take is much more direct. After the flood, mankind got together. It said, we're going to be one people, one nation, no nations, no borders. God said, no, that's not what I told you to do. I told you to spread out and fill the earth. And this is where I, my support, my Christian theological support for ethno-nationalism comes in. The Almighty was very much against the idea of, of no nations, no borders. Very much against the idea that everybody is, is one race and one people. We're, we, we often hear this, we're all human beings. Mankind in rebellion against God said, we're going to be one nation. The Almighty personally shows up at the Tower of Babel. That's why Babel is so important. He personally shows up at the Tower of Babel. And he said, that's not what I told you to do. I told you to spread out and fill the earth. And so he went down there and he confused their languages. He confused their tongues. It was a forcing function. He introduced a disparity of language so they could not understand each other. He forced them apart. He introduced fear of others and drove them apart to different portions of the world. It is also true that in the building of the ark, God gave these peoples the technical ability to reproduce what Noah had done. They built boats. They built boats in order to facilitate the command of God, which is to spread out and create the different nations. And if we look in Genesis chapter, I want to say it's Genesis chapter 10, we can trace and we can look at the formations of the different nations. These are the records of the generations of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the table of the nations. And all the nations in Genesis chapter 10 are based upon a common ancestor. They have a common bloodline. They have a common ancestor. And indeed, that is what the word nation refers to in, in, in the Latin, from, from, if you know Spanish, and the seer is to be born. Nation, uh, it comes from the same worth, uh, uh, root word as to be born. It's a bloodline. And in Acts chapter 17, I think it's verse 26, the Almighty says, from one he made many different nations. He made many nations, many nations, and he determined their times and their boundaries. He determined their times and their boundaries. So I, I'll go, I'll, I'll say that you don't have to infer the preservation of distinct nations. You don't have to infer it. it it's explicit in my mind. In Genesis chapter 10, Genesis chapter 11, with the destruction of Babel, Acts chapter 17, verse 26, he made from one many different ethnic groups. And he determined their times and their boundaries. You can do it directly. The idea of ethnic nation states is, is, can be directly correlated with what the Holy Scriptures say. You don't have to infer it out of this general principle of property. But there's nothing wrong with what the Z-Man did. It's fine, but I think you can do it directly. Now, there is an ethnic group in the Bible that's very special in the eyes of God. And these were the biological, physical descendants of a man named Jacob. This man named Jacob was renamed Israel. He wrestled with God. He wrestled with Jesus Christ. He's renamed Israel. 
though they became the chosen people of God, separate and distinct, a separate and distinct ethno-national group. They are the original Christian nationalists. Abraham and Jacob, renamed Israel, worshiped Jesus Christ. I've talked about that elsewhere. No man has seen the Father. If no man has seen the Father, who did they talk to? Who did Abraham talk to? Who did Jacob wrestle with? They wrestled with Jesus Christ pre-incarnation. So the ancient nation of Israel is the original Christian ethnostate. It's the original Christian ethnostate. And God took these people. He gave them a common history, gave them a common language. They spoke the language of Eber, who was their ancestor, their biological ancestor. They spoke Eberu. Eber had other ancestors, and, 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 and uh, some of them become Arabs, and they have a similar language, Arabic, that, that's similar, but not exactly the same as Hebrew. And he took these Hebrews, he took these sons of Israel, he took these Israelites, which have no relation whatsoever to the modern people who call themselves Jews. These people commit identity fraud. And I can say that based on Revelation 2, verse 9, and Revelation 3, verse 9 as well as John chapter 8. And we can go into that, and I've gone into that substantially here at bloodandfaith.com. He says, okay, you're, you're a nation. You're my special people. You're my chosen nation. I'm going to take you. I'm going to move you out of Egypt. I'm going to put you into a land that's currently occupied by the Canaanites, whom the Almighty hated. He hated the Canaanites. And you're going to have your own land there. You're going to have your own borders there for your ethnostate geographically contiguous borders for your ethnostate. Not only that, but within that ethnostate, in that contiguous geographic region, I'm going to subdivide your nation by tribe. And I'm going to give them their own geographically contiguous boundaries. This is the theological foundation for Christian ethno-nationalism. And that ethnicity may be white, it may be Nigerian, it may be Vietnamese, it may be a Japanese. But the foundation for Christian ethno-nationalism is direct. It does not need to be inferred. It goes back to the Tower of Babel. It goes back to the Table of Nations. It goes back to the creation of the nation, the ancient nation of Israel, which has nothing to do with these modern identity thieves. The pattern is there. Ancient Israel was to be an example to all the other nations. To all the other, all the other nations were supposed to say, wow, what makes this nation so great? And they were to be an example of it. It's unfortunate that most pastors, I think most pastors has no, have no idea. They've never thought about this. And we've been inculcated into a culture that uh, presumes things about the nature of reality and the, the nature of, of what society should be that, that aren't based on the scriptures. This is why we have the scriptures. This is why we have the scriptures. I will remind you that what the ancient Jews did, the Jews before the time of Christ, who started calling themselves Jews, these people had the law, they had the prophets, and they said, yeah, we have, we're gonna interpret it differently. We know what it says, we don't like what it says. We don't appreciate what it says. And we're going to come up with a set of traditions and precepts 
that override what the law and what the prophet said. Eventually, they write this down. They call this the Talmud. I think that this is a pattern that the Christian church has followed. Unfortunately, we have the Holy Scriptures from Genesis through the Revelation. And we don't like it. And we say, yeah, but, you know, we, we're not going to interpret it that way. We, we don't like this idea of, of, of distinct ethnostates. Uh, so we're going to say that uh, God loves everybody and, and, and God accepts everybody. And there's going to be people from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation on the earth. And we're going to ignore an explicit pattern set down in the scriptures over and over and over again. Oh, it all went away. All that stuff goes away. It, Genesis through Zechariah is gone. It's, there's no more. And that's simply not true. That is simply not true. None of the apostles felt that way. Jesus Christ certainly didn't feel that way. Uh, and, and I think that's where we get into problems. Now, we're at a stage in America, Europe, where Christendom is done. It's gone. It's over. Um, the, the great deceiver has come in and deceived the Christian nations. And we are imploding and we are on absolutely on a path to genocide, self-genocide, because we abandon our maker. We're not getting out of this trial that we're in. We're not getting out of this historical situation that we're in by voting harder or doing a, by, by a little nudge here and there. Well, if we just did this, if we just did that, uh, we'll, we'll solve our problems. If only we could get Trump back into office, if only we you know, had constitutional government, if only we had limited government, if only we, we had uh, true capitalism and not this mixed uh, government uh, uh, you know, tyranny. <laughs> and I dispute that. I, I fundamentally dispute that. We've built a house, we've built an empire, we've built an America, we've built this on a faulty foundation, going all the way back to Genesis 9, Genesis 10, and Genesis 11. And we're not getting out of this and we go until we go back and we rebuild the foundations that God established in Genesis 9, 10, and 11. Borders existed before the fall of man. In a perfect, sinless world, God created borders. He, he made a garden and he put Adam in the garden, in the garden illustrating that there's an out of the garden. There's a boundary. There's a border there. Oh, and when man dad did fall and man was cast out of the garden, he puts an armed border guard up there. So the idea of boundaries and borders precedes the fall of man. The idea of boundaries and borders is embedded in the entire history of redemption through a specific genealogical ethnostate called the people of Israel, who are to be an example to every other ethnicity out there. It was Jesus Christ that said we're going to have separate and distinct nations. He didn't come and change. Jesus Christ is the creator. He didn't come and change things. He didn't show up and say, you know what, God did everything wrong, and I'm going to change things now because everything that happened before was wrong. And, uh, you know, now everything's changed. That's not, that's, not, that's not it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, he will never contradict his own Word. And I would remind you, in the, in the Gospel according to Matthew, he's looking at these people who call themselves Jews, who are not. Some were. Many were not. 
And he says, I'm going to take the gospel away from you. I'm going to take the care of the vineyard away from you. I'm going to give it to a different ethnos. Ethnos. I'm going to give it to a different ethnos, a different racial group. Jesus Christ recognized the differences. He made distinctions between the racial groups. So back to the Z-Man, good podcast. I, I think that the, the scriptural support for ethnostates, uh, it can be made directly. It doesn't need to be inferred. Uh, and that's what I want to do here at bloodandfaith.com, especially to get in the minds of the pastors. If we can get in the minds of the pastors and get the pastors to uh, preach what the scriptures say, preach like uh, uh, what it has in, in Genesis, that will change the world. Fritzberger can't. I, I'm just a little dude behind a microphone over here. Um, but if you get this into the minds of the pastors, it'll change everything. Will the devil go crazy? Will the devil go mad? Of course. <laughs> I'll know when you're doing your job, Pastor, when you get called the same names that I've been called. Fritzberger and bloodandfaith.com.